gentlemen, welcome to the show. How y'all doing today? This is Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. All right, how y'all doing? Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend and your day is going very well. <laughs> yes, sir, buddy. All right. It's Monday, y'all. That's right. It's Monday. And uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about something, though, because... Hey, it's Soapbox Monday. That's what we do, right? (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, I got a song, a couple of songs of the day for you. Uh, Of course, my little rant, rave, monologue, whatever you want to call it. We got that going on, too. Of course, it'll probably be about two minutes long. (laughs) And, of course, we have you, the listener. And, of course, as long as I got you, the listener, Everything is going to be all right. That's for sure. All right. Anyway, so let's get the little particulars out the way here real fast. Um, First things first, if you want to comment or just listen to the show and you're not um, on a computer or at work or whatever, only thing you got to do is call me, 347-838-8622. Once again, that's 347-838-8622. Um, press the number on you, the number one on your keypad. If you want to um, say something, comment, and we'll bring you in and let you have your moment on the air. All right, and uh, that'll be good. That'll be good. That's the easiest way. Another way you can always shoot me an email before, during, and after the show at Eric Let's L E T S Talk at Gmail dot com. Okay, I do respond to emails, or you can send me videos or ideas for topics if that's what you want to do. No problem. I got you. All right. And another way is you can log into our chat room, which is always open, and have some very interesting conversation um, 99.9% of the time. And you can do that by logging into www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Now, if you come in just as a guest, the only thing you'll be able to do is read the comments that's being made. However, if you log in with a username, whatever name you want to use, um, then you'll be able to participate in the conversation that's going on in the chat room as well. Um, and I think that's about covering it. Um, also, I probably, uh, I always do remind you, uh, when it gets to about 10, 15 minutes before time for the live airing to end, um, I'll remind you again that you need to be on the switchboard to continue to hearing if we're going overtime, okay? So those are all the ways you can participate in the show, and I do look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. And for those that will be listening um, using the archives, thank you for listening as well. Uh, your patronage is much appreciated. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, and like I said, we have a song of the day for you. And um, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good song of the day. I think it is anyway. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, so how was your weekend? Everybody had a nice weekend. You got out and enjoyed some wonderful weather, hopefully. But if the weather wasn't all that good, you still enjoyed yourself with family, friends, just yourself. Um, you blow up dolls, whatever you was using. Hey, I, as long as you had fun, hey, no problem. As long as you weren't out there uh, doing anything illegal. <laughs> I can't say, I, I can't tell you a good thing if you're out there doing illegal stuff. Uh, but that's on you, all right? 
Um, let's see what else we got going on. We got a few things we're going to talk about today and a few other things we're going to talk about today. Of course, being that it's Monday and the type of show this is, we never know where we're going to end up. We start off one place and we go somewhere. Usually it's, it's, it's in the ballpark. <laughs> Sometimes it's further out right field than we um, like, but that's why it's called Let's Talk because that's where you go sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. Because sometimes it's just need to be heard, right? Right. Um, so with that being said, let's knock out this song of the day. Um, nice tune, nice tune from this Grammy-nominated artist here. And uh, this young man is, is doing great things in the jazz world. He's an outstanding drummer, has his own group now, and he travels the world uh, with many, many of the top jazz artists. Um, so... And I'm proud to say he's my nephew. I can't, I can't I can't just let that slide like that. Yeah, he's my nephew. So, you know, I got to promote his music. I do. Because he's good. <laughs> he's good. And I particularly like this jam here. It's called Deep Down in Florida. And without further ado, man, let me introduce y'all to Mr. Jameson Ross. I'll see y'all in about four minutes. Thank, 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 thank,
of the day deep down in Florida. Hey. <laughs> the artist's name is Jameson Ross. Um, pick up his his debut album by the same name, Jameson Ross. And like I said, that's my nephew, so y'all help him out now. He's grand, He was Grammy and he was nominated for a Grammy. Hey, on his first one, man, I tell you, that's a great job right there. Very young, very, very good young man. All right. It's family, baby. Take care of family. All right. Now, welcome back to the show. I'm Mr. Talk in the house. And uh <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot going on. All right, in my chat room I got Black Phoenix, Daboo One, and Guest Nine Twenty Four. Welcome to the show, y'all. I'm glad you can stop by and spend a little time with me this afternoon. And on my switchboard I have a couple of people there. I see my dear dear friend. Down in Florida, <laughs> she stopped by. Um, I got Triple One on there, and I got Mr. Wesley. Um, thank y'all for dropping by as well. Glad you could make it. You know, I always enjoy spending time with y'all. All right. So anyway, <sighs> man, you know, I get off the air Friday, you know, and I have to go in there and, and relax. I, I'm not gonna lie, cause y'all put some things on my mind, so I have to go and lay down sometimes and sleep sleep through it to, to get my sanity back together. And uh, so, you know, I went through Saturday, chilled out, you know, trying to think of something to talk about on the show today. And um, I said, you know what, with so much wrong going on in the world, let's try and talk about something positive. Let me come up with something good that's going on, you know. But you know the sad, sad part about that whole thought process? I couldn't think of anything. And that, that really floored me. And, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, on the side, I drive Uber a little bit. So I was like, well, let me ask some of my riders, passengers, you know, what's good going on in the world? You know. And you know what their answer was? I don't know. Now, let's really think about that. Let's think about that. How is it we all live in this one big world, big place, and when you ask the question, what's good going on, only person, only thing they can tell you is I don't know or nothing? What does that say, man? That, that's that's a sad state of affairs, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think that's, that's just sad? And, uh, you know, <laughs> it was funny because I was like, well, I guess the only thing good going on is I woke up this morning. And I guess you can say the same thing for you. You woke up this morning, right? <laughs> That's always a good thing. You're breathing. <laughs> but when you talk, you sit back and you just sit here and you look and listen, you're just shocked like you listen to whatever news outlets you listen to, whether it's mainstream or alternative you know, just depends on it's a, it, it's brought it's presented differently 
but the bottom line is it's all doom and gloom. All doom and gloom. How do we survive in a place like that? <laughs> you know, how do you how how do you do that? Have we as a society just become so um, immune to it to it's just normal for us. We we don't think about it in in the terms of good or bad. We just think about it as well, that's what happened today, that's what's gonna happen tomorrow, and oh well. We just deal with it. Wow. That 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 is a thought process that that's is really scary. It is. It's it's scary. Um even if you if you talk to the so called spiritual religious individuals, they don't have much better to say either. <laughs> you know. Um basically if you don't do this, don't do this, where you going? You're going to hell. That's doom and gloom, don't you think? Or if you're not doing this, you're a sinner. If you're not doing that, you're da 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 Doom and gloom. We need to stop speaking more positively about things. You know, we we really do. As in, we're living. We're living. That that's a good thing. Um, we can talk to each other, for the most part. Yeah, we may argue, but we're still able to talk to each other. Um, <laughs> if you've got kids, your kids are, are, are keep you young, have you laughing. You see, you see what I'm saying? Now, I'm struggling to find some good things, and I'm sitting here just racking my little narrow brain. <laughs> it's scary. It really is. It's scary. I talked to a friend a little while before the show, and they were like, well, I got something for you. And unfortunately, I couldn't get to it to, um, to check it out, so I'll probably have it on the show Friday. But, you know, it, it is. I think there comes a time when you just have to, Get away from all the doom and gloom, whether it's your chakra or your your frequency or your your brainwave or whatever. You just got to force, forcibly say, oh, well, and just laugh some. <laughs> I tell you that all the time, don't I? Just laugh. Because um, sometimes, let's be honest, you have to laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> you really do. And, uh, and uh, you, you just sit there, man, like, wow, wow, wow. You know, if you were to look out your windows right now, depending on where you live, what would you see? What would you see? I'm looking out mine. I see the little wind going. It's sunshine, not much movement. It looks so peaceful. It looks so peaceful and serene. Until you step out the door and you hear the, the sirens, you know, the the yelling, the fighting. What 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 do we do, y'all? What do we do? How can we make this thing better? You know, I got a few little snippets here, y'all know, like I always do, and you know, I'm reading them, and I'm like, you know, this is just it's just bad. It really is. Um. <laughs> But that's what we that's what that's how we living. You know, used to ask the question back in the day, how you living? 
Well, you know how you're living. It, you know, we're living. <laughs> we're living fearful. We're living fearful, man. And, and we're we don't even know it. See, and that's the that's the another interesting aspect of the whole thing. We're living very fearful. We don't even realize it because. We have been inundated so much with so much negativity till now we are just immune to it. And it's just an everyday part of life. It is. It's just an everyday part of life. We are here. We are here. We can't get along. We fight each other. We shoot each other. We kill each other. We lie to each other. Um, what else we do? Anything possible we can do, unless it's an animal, you know. Then everybody fight forever for an animal or something. <laughs> anything but a human being, you know. Isn't life great? <laughs> uh, yes, I say that sarcastically, but yes. <laughs> I mean, what 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 are we to do? What are we to do? I guess keep as the young folks say these days, just keep grinding. I mean, what else can we do? Keep grinding. Hopefully, we grind hard enough and often enough, we start making a difference. And if we teach our kids to keep grinding in the right direction, the next generation, next generation, maybe at some point in time, this this um, outlook or this uh, feeling. A negativity would be eliminated. Eliminated. That'd be a good thing. Yeah. Taking a look at at the at the um, the political arena right now. Yeah, that is just so 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 sad. You know. <laughs> Who you gonna vote for? <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. But anyway. I just had to get it out. I don't know. I, I tell y'all a lot of times when I when I get ready to go on the air. A lot of times I have no idea what I'm talking about. I really don't. And as soon as this on air light goes on, just go. You know, just go. Sometimes that's good though. Sometimes you need to have an outlet to where you can just go. Get some things off your mind. If you just got to walk around and talk to yourself. It's okay if people look at you crazy. It's all right. You're getting it off your mind. You're getting out your brain, and you know what? That that helps you a little bit. It really does. Now, being someone that, you know, has, you know, a few issues, thanks to the military, you know, I have to. I really do. I, <laughs> I really do. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to talk. Talk to you, talk to yourself, talk, you know. Hey, I even answer myself sometimes. Hey, I'm still here, right? <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough of, enough of that. All right, so what I want y'all to do is take about two seconds and just laugh. <laughs> yeah, just laugh. Just start giggling. Think of the funniest thing you can think of and just start giggling, you know. <laughs> Better yet, I got one for you. Think of the person you most, most dislike, the person you dislike the most in your life, and picture them in (laughs) 
a red thong with a red bra, some high red high heel pumps on the treadmill trying to run. <laughs> now, if that don't make you laugh, I don't know, baby. <laughs> Maybe y'all y'all living just a little bit too seriously, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I just <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It just it just popped up in there, okay. <laughs> oh, but if you like me, you got a good laugh out of that one, yes, sir, buddy. Um, Black Phoenix in the chat room says humanity has lost its way, and. Um, you know, I, I'm prone to to agree. I'm prone to agree with that one. But anyway, <laughs> now that I made you laugh and got your attention a little bit with that one. Um, <laughs> so anytime you get mad and you don't know what to do, just think of that little scene right there. And I'm sure you just, <laughs> you're, you, you won't be mad for long. All right. So anyway. Let's get to some of the snippets I have. All right, and then um, we're going to open up the phone lines early, and hey, let's talk, okay? All right, woman claims she was sexually assaulted by toy at Hibachi Restaurant. Now, <laughs> when I first read this this headline right here, I was like, what? A toy? Now, once I read it, though, it really became clear what happened. But I, I, I want to know your opinion on this because I think this is, um, how can I put it, a little bit, being just a little bit picky myself. But anyway, a woman who visited a hibachi steakhouse in Tennessee says she was sexually assaulted by the, by a toy during her dinner. Uh, police call was called to Hibachi in Murfreesboro on a sexual assault complaint where um, this lady, I'm not going to tell y'all her name, told them she'd been squirted in the face with a toy by a chef. The toy is meant to look like a little boy that pulls his pants down and urinates. Um, the owners of the restaurant admit the incident occurred and said the boy is meant to be funny. But the young lady said it isn't. Uh, she isn't laughing in part because it happened in front of her children. It peed on me, <laughs> basically out of his wee wee area. Now I didn't make that up. That's what the lady said. It it peed on me basically out of his wee wee area. <laughs> wee wee. Okay, so that that tells you something, right? Um, um her husband. Uh, went on to back up saying, people are missing the point. This was a sexually oriented toy meant for adults in front of minor children. Uh, we're not trying to make money off this. If the toy was in a bar, it'd be a different situation. But this was in a family restaurant with 13 to 14-year-olds at the table, and people think it's so funny. Why don't people go buy that toy and squirt a cop in the face with it and see what happens? Okay. So, anyone who's been to any of these restaurants, you know, with the hibachi, you know, where they cook right there in front of you and the chef, you know, if you allow them to, he'll throw food in your mouth or what have you. You know, it's all fun and relaxation. Now, if that was the case, you know, if 
she opened her mouth then what did she think was going to happen when the toy came out number one but the interesting part uh, is she said that um she's in a family restaurant with 13 to 14 year olds now i'm sorry 13 to 14 year old that mean middle school elementary they got friends these kids aren't as well, I'm not going to say they aren't as because I don't know the kids personally. However, with today's youth, I'm sure they've seen much more than that. And probably she was more upset about it than they were. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, really, how how sensitive are we going to be? How sensitive are we going to be? And to actually waste the police time by calling them over that, really? I, I don't I don't see I'm sorry maybe I, I'm I'm thinking totally different on this one but I don't see the harm in it. It, it it happened the owner said it happened okay and it was meant to be funny I'm sure everybody else laughed she probably was just upset and then maybe who knows maybe she opened her mouth wide and was expecting something else I don't know and got upset because it was just water but. <laughs> Did I just say that? Oh my goodness! Anyway, so but I, I don't think I, I think this is being is part of that that politically correct crowd that just needs to sit their behinds down somewhere. I really do. Um, making a big thing out of nothing. It happened. Get over it. Um, you see worse things than this on, on the boob tube, you know. So, but you have them out there, y'all. You have them out there. So. I, I, I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen with that. You know, it didn't say whether any charges were brought or anything like that, which probably not. You know, I don't know if I was the officer, I wouldn't have wrote it up. I really wouldn't have. But that was just me thinking. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I'm curious to see has she. You know, it doesn't say whether she'd been to the restaurant before or anything like that. But, you know, and then to add, squirt a cop in the face with it and see what happens, that has nothing, that that, that, that is totally irrelevant right there. Um, that, that really is. And, and that showed me that um, you're a little bit on the sensitive side there. And just cook at home. All right? Cook at home. Put it there. <laughs> just cook at home, and it's all right. Um, here's another one. North Carolina NAACP president removed from American Airlines flight. The North Carolina NAACP president is thrown off flight after a argument with a passenger who referred to him as those people and criticized him for buying two seats because of his arthritis. The Reverend William Barber was removed from D.C. flight to Raleigh-Durham. He said the passenger behind him made a disparaging remarks and criticized his need for two seats. Barbara said he purchased two tickets to accommodate physical disability. Um, he issued a statement saying that he stood up to address the passengers because his arthritis prevented him from turning around. A crew member called police who boarded and asked Barbara to leave. He said, I am not at all happy about what I believe were the real reasons I was the one asked to leave. Um <clears throat> You know, here's another one of those stories that just, um, I don't know. 
Now, you know, um, the the reverend went on to say he stood up to speak as one human being to another, but was later told he had to leave the plane after a crew member called the police. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, many said they were concerned, and some said they did not agree with the decision uh, that he got put off. And um, the American Airlines spokesman said that a passenger who didn't follow crew instructions was removed from a flight. Um, but he said he traveled to Washington, D.C. Da, 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 da. Anyway, you know, and I think we touched on it a little bit last week on some of the shows. It's just one of those situations where um, <clears throat> a black man stood up and Automatically, he was about the, the the thought process was he was about to get violent, and the crew member called the police because they didn't want no incident, and he was the one removed. Now, the question I have: If that was the story, or whatever the story was, why wasn't the other passenger asked what happened? Why immediately was he asked to get off the plane? You know. We have certain um, information, but we don't have all the information. So we just left to wonder, right? <laughs> we just left to wonder what really happened. And my thought process is, as I said before, um, the atmosphere of, of fear took over. And because this black man stood up, they didn't know he was a reverend. I'm sure they didn't know. They probably would have treated him differently. But since he was a black man and he stood up, um, he was automatically asked to leave. That's my take on it. Now, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't there, so I just can only go by my take on what I think happened that day. But that's my story. I'm sticking with my part, my um, interpretation of it. I'm sticking to it. Um, we can talk about that in a little while as well. Here, here's a, a couple of more interesting little um, topics, items here. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this one because both of these concern law enforcement and I, I just shook my head on these. But anyway, I'm going to bring them to you. Texas bill would make recording police illegal. A bill introduced in the Texas House of Representatives will make it illegal for private citizens to record police within 25 feet. Um, House Bill 2911, introduced by State Representative Jason Villeba, um, which is a, who is a Republican out of Dallas, um, would make the offense of a, mis a misdemeanor. Citizens who are armed would not be permitted to record police activity within 100 feet of an officer. Um, only representatives of radio and TV organizations that hold an FCC license, newspapers and magazines would have the right to record police. The legislator disagreed with people on Twitter who said he's seeking to make all filming of cops illegal. My bill just asked filmers to, filmers filmers to stand back a little so as not to interfere with law enforcement. Okay. The bill would go against precedent set in 2011 by an appeals court, which found that citizens are allowed to record police according to the ACLU. Now we know lately, um, 
anything go down, somebody has a camera phone out recording it. And this has led to um, a lot of backlash. It has led to um, a lot of the truth going out regarding police brutality. Um, So what do y'all think? Y'all think he should, at least you should be back at least um, 100, 100 feet, 25 feet, 25 feet. So you go back 25 feet. But you know what you miss when you go back? Um, you miss kind of a, a lot of the action because you really can't get a good angle. <laughs> so maybe it's there to protect protect the officers. I don't know. Or maybe it's there to, to uphold the status quo. Once again, I hope y'all writing some of this down because I want to hear what y'all have to think about some of this stuff here. All right, now we move into Ohio. Yes, now this one here made me sick. It really did. A divided Ohio Supreme Court on Thursday declared unconstitutional a law that made it illegal for police officers to have sex with minors simply on the basis of their profession. The court ruled four to three that the law arbitrarily added police to a ban on professionals having sex with minors that includes people with authority over children such as teachers or coaches. Um, Chief Justice Maureen O'Connor said, writing for the majority, the government can cannot punish a class of professionals like police without making a connection between their job and the crime. Okay. Um, at issue was the 2012 conviction of former suburban Cleveland police officer Matthew Mole, who was accused of having sex with a 14-year-old boy he met on a hookup app. Okay, now this that was according to the Supreme Court documents, okay? Ohio Supreme Court. Moe, then 35, was arrested and charged after the boy's mother found them together. Um, Thursday's ruling said the boy did not know Moe was a police officer at the time of the encounter, and the boy had told Moe he was 18. <laughs> okay. Um, is it legal in Ohio for people 18 and older to have sex with people under 16, but a jury deadlocked on the trial, um, deadlocked on that charge against Moe. However, he was convicted under the law banning police officers from having sex with minors. You know, (laughs) um, the, the Supreme Court judge went on to say that there was no evidence Mole used his status as an officer to gain access to or bend the wheel of the child or facilitate the sexual contact. Now, there was a dissenting justice, Sharon police officer, said with minors. Discovered after the fact that the person with whom he engaged in sexual contact was a minor, he would have a strong incentive to do whatever was is necessary to ensure that his employer never found out, even to the point of compromising his integrity. Kennedy wrote, um, two cases right there, man. I, I this last one with the police officers, number one, I I I'm, I, I don't find it. Um, well, y'all know how I feel about that kind of stuff. I, I, do I need to go any further into that? That's just sick. That's just sick. 
number one, uh, minors over minors. Uh, I mean, a um, uh, grown man and a minor. And number two, boy over boy, uh, man and boy, boy and boy, man, man, whatever. That's just wrong. That is just wrong. Um, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, let's see. Last little snippet. Um, I was gonna talk a little about North Korea. I don't feel like it now. Um, jury, juror from Freddie Gray case trial breaks silence. Um, a jury, uh, a juror, I'm sorry, attorney, Susan Elgin, isn't it amazing she just happened to be an attorney, was one of 12 jurors picked for the first trial of Officer William Porter, who was charged with the involuntary manslaughter, second-degree assault, reckless endangerment, and misconduct in office. In office. The jurors were unable to reach a unanimous verdict on any of the charges. Yeah, we know, and end up in um hung jury. Um Quoting, um, there was a different juror that quoted who wished to remain anonymous that the panel was one vote away from acquitting Porter of manslaughter while coming close to convicting the officer of misconduct with 10 in favor, one undecided, and one in favor of acquittal. The jurors were more closely split on the other counts, leaning 8-2 to two toward conviction on assault with two undecided and toward conviction on a reckless endangerment with seven for conviction, three for acquittal, and two undecided. You know, um, you know, and this was the first trial where there was actually a jury. And as we do know, the, the next three officers chose a bench trial. But my question is, with, with this, um, this first trial, how much of this information was the attorneys privy to when um, advising the, the other officers um, in, in this case before the, the, the um, charges were dropped? You know, that, that made it very interesting. I, I wonder, uh, being that um, since Porter was kind of close to the <laughs> getting everything thrown at him, um, being convicted, did the other attorneys have privy to that? And uh, that would lead to the decision. Now, let's think about that. If Porter had been convicted first on any of those charges, then we may have been looking at a whole different situation as far as the, the other officers that went on trial. But then again, I'm still going to hold to my um, my belief and the comments I made before when the family took the settlement that kind of eliminated um um, actually convicting these officers, especially in the bench trial. You know, once the same judge had the other three and all of them came back acquitted, you know, you should have left it alone, which they eventually did. Um, so Porter had to be the standard bearer to see if, if anything was going to go um, the wrong way, I guess you can say. And since his ended up in a hung jury and everybody didn't want to take that chance with 12 new people, so let's just go with the same judge, and bam, there you have it. All charges are dropped now. So now the officers are, are suing the prosecutor and the uh, prosecuting office. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> As I said the other day, you think there's going to be a settlement? Probably somewhere. And here's another question. Do they get the job back? Do they go back to work? And if it was you, would you want to go back to work? Would you want to go back on on those same streets that you've been accused of doing wrong on? Hmm. 
things to make you go, hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all. I'm just saying. I'm just adding, you know, just having a conversation. That's all. So anyway, lines are open. Come on, call me. Let me know what's on your mind. 347-838-8622. We got nothing but time, y'all. So let's have a conversation. Come on, let's talk. And uh, let me bring Mr. Pianki in. He, he's ready. All right, Pianki, what's going on, man? How you doing today, sir? Actually, I just came on. But uh, what do you think about that? Guy going off on Trump talking about he would lend him his constitution. The one whose son supposedly had died, well, died in Iraq. Did he? Did he not know that Hillary was Hillary? Hillary voted for invading Iraq. If I'm not mistaken. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I've been listening to that conversation. You know, I've been listening to it on, on different talk show, radio shows, you know, national talk shows. And here's my theory on that. Yes, Hillary voted for the war in Iraq. Okay, I understand that. Trump wasn't even, you know, didn't even have a vote in it. So that that kind of um, neutralizes that yeah, argument. Right. Right now, as how far about that, but, but how about that Trump, other guy? But see, Trump, Trump, he kind of, Trump was being Trump. You know, he he let his tongue fly before he thought about what he was saying. And, you know, at the time he thought it was cute that he was going to insult the the man's wife by saying, you know, she didn't say anything and maybe, you know, he he had silenced her so she wouldn't say anything, uh, which was uh, a... um, Oh, in many cases, many times that is the case, though, Eric. but but I understand that. But but that wasn't the issue at hand. That wasn't the issue at hand. See what I'm see what I'm saying? You know, if you're gonna talk about talk about talk to man about what you said about his son. You know, and, and basically what that was that was another G to to bring forth the argument about Islam and whether it's radical and you know whether well, they Trump should be didn't in, say anything in, about his son. No. no uh, what did Trump say? They're going back to the whole conversation that he had about stopping the influx inflow of people coming from that part of the country, Muslims coming from that part of the world. Uh-huh. And I agree with it. They should. Until you, you come up with a what? system of assurance. You know, and, and just, here's, if you got here's, people coming from... But see, you you can't say that, and I'm gonna tell you why you can't say that. Because um, when we went to the Gulf War the first time, many soldiers came back, okay, came back and converted to Islam, okay. Um, they weren't radical. Well, they came back and converted. Eric. We so, talking about people coming in. Why, we talking about people coming in on no, 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 no. But if, if if they convert into um, Islam and they call themselves Muslims, if you gonna kick them out, kick them, kick them all out. No, no, yeah. no. That's you can't do that like that. Because I can I can convert <laughs> to Muslims and one day in Jewish okay. the next well, day. What well, well, he's saying. Right out. Go well, ahead. Let me say. You know what he said. He said it's appropriate to stop the influx of Muslims coming from that part of the world 
where they're killing Americans or trying to vow to kill Americans until you okay. have a system of assurance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let that. me put it this way. Let, let me let me change let me change change the what do I was you, saying. Okay? Do you do you now, disagree with if, that? If I, I disagree with that, and here's why: if we're gonna do that here to this country, uh, in this country, to them, then don't you think they have a right to do it to us in their country? Because God dang it, we that's show bombing the heck Trump, out of them. That's not what Trump says. I'm talking but about what he said. But it's the same principle, isn't it? No, 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 no. That's not what's at discussion. That's not what's being plastered all over the news and sound bites. <laughs> this is the question. When he said that you need to stop the influx of Muslims coming from the part of the world where they have vowed and are trying to kill Americans until you have a better vetting system. Okay. You know, let me let me change. No okay. Here's, here's, a, here's another one. Here's another one. Then, in that case, um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm not even gonna start that conversation. Today. We only talking about what he said that time. Yeah, what he said that time. Okay. And I'm sure you I don't agree think with Trump, that. Once you, once, and, and you know what happened is that just like the statement about Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, the president, former president of Iran, when. He supposedly says he's going to wipe Israel off the map. He never said that. He spoke in his language of Persian, and who in the heck knew what he was saying? Somebody just said he said that. So that's the same thing that went down with Mr. Trump. With Mr. Trump. But that's he's, not the first time Trump has said Trump's, something like that, right? And we ain't talking about – I'm only talking about this time, dude. Only just this, that particular <laughs> but, I'm but, but it's, it's a continuation of what he said before. Correct? No, it's not. I don't. I don't know what he said. Only the thing that's in the news that people was coming about. Oh, he's mm-hmm. going to stop all Muslims from coming into the. No, he don't even know that they must. But what he said, people coming from that part when, of when the world where they are trying to kill him. And now what he has done is backed up off of it. Um, um, you know when blacks want to go. To Ethiopia to fight with Ethiopia against uh, Italy, Mussolini. They were saying they were fighting for Abyssinia. You know that the State Department would not let blacks leave? Leave where? Leave the U.S. to go fight alongside of Ethiopia when they were fighting Italy. The Italians. Mm. And when was this? This is during the, the period of Mussolini, during World War II. Italy, okay. uh, Ethiopia fought Italy back during the time of Menelik at the mm. Battle of Agua, and they defeated the Italians. Mm-hmm. And apparently Mussolini, during the 1940s, had a still grudge against that, and he wanted to go in and invade Ethiopia one more time. And blacks didn't like that. Blacks in America said, I'm going to fight with Ethiopia. Just like when black soldiers went into the Philippines, they left their ranks and went over and fought with the Philippines. Because why? The Philippines was more looking like them. <clears throat> so what Trump said was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> hmm. 
saying you got to. I mean, the, in all honesty, people uh-huh. have to for the safety of the United States. Even if just one American got killed, just like the guy down in Florida that shot up the shot up the the bar. You know, he was on the FBI list. It seemed like they just wait till these mm-hmm. people do things before they apprehend. How about the when uh, Bush first got elected? You had a group of African Americans down in Florida was talking about going and bomb something, and I think they got apprehended. And hell, then none of them have automobile. What were they going to do? Catch the plane? Catch the train? A mm. bus? Hmm. Um. um Hold on, I'm looking this up here. Um, let me back up. Um, and this was from, yeah, let's see. Um, in a written statement, Lady Death and the Trump campaign said the Republican front runner wanted a total and complete shutdown of Muslim in the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what is going on. As backing, Trump cited a controversial six-month-old survey from the right-wing Center for Security Policy following one quarter of U.S. Muslim respondents believe that violence against America's Americans was justified as part of the global jihad and that a slim majority agreed that Muslims in America should have the choice of being governed according to Sharia. Um, now, if you notice, that that's the right-wing Center for Security, so... Uh, how, how, you know, wherever he got his information from. But they still Americans, it, man. But, but what they got, okay, but they're still Americans, but, but if they believe outlet. in Sharia, but see, that's like the immigration thing. You know, he he he's backing off with that a little bit as well. Because he was like, well, all illegal immigrants got to be taken out of the country. Well, here's the question. How are you going to do that? How, how are they going to do it? You going to go door to door? Are you gonna go start no, kicking in doors? When, you, well, you know, if a police, a regular municipal police officer, mm-hmm. have contact with somebody who they question about their citizenship, they supposed oh, okay. to detain them right. until the okay. INS appears. Okay. okay, so you're going to you're going to be like Arizona now. When you stop somebody asking for their papers, they don't have papers, they turn them in. They supposed to have identification. <laughs> Okay. Then the court just right. ruled. Then the court just ruled that even on illegal stops, uh, isn't it in North Carolina where they can, as you appear to be suspicious, that they got a right to to search you and ask you for ID? How about the, the Americans? Americans that's called have foreign spouses. Been doing that for years. They've been doing that for years. That's How, nothing new. Well, if it's illegal. Illegal stop, and they find some contraband on you. Then they got a right to lock you yeah. up, and they can charge. We, we know what happens now. Let me yeah, ask you another know question. They just, you. they just shoot you and tell you to ask tell you about it later. Go ahead. Now, how about, let me ask you another sure, question. How about Americans who mm-hmm. have foreign spouses, and they go through all the paperwork, the fees, the background check of their spouse, the medical records. The marriage, like everything, the, the application process, the wait, the wait, the mm-hmm. wait, and they still can't mm-hmm. bring their spouse into the country legally. 
Okay. And, and I mean, I, I'm not understanding the question. Well, if, if here you have United States citizens who marry a foreign spouse abroad. Then they go mm-hmm. through the process of filling out the I-85s and all the other things, mm-hmm. going through the interviews, providing all the information they ask, and they're denied to bring their legally no criminal record spouses into this country. So okay. how is it that we can let people come across the southern border and stay here, but when an American try to bring do things the legal way, they're denied. Well, that's called the American way. Only thing I can tell you, tell them go work for the CIA or DEA. Start bringing stuff into the country and then come in. Oh, really? Now, come on. I'm, I'm, nah, nah, but, but honestly, honestly, why won't they let me in the country? Why will they not let me got, in the country? If if they if they went through legally went through got all the paperwork done why aren't they allowed in the country? Times they don't even tell you why. It's a plain old generic wording. Then they send your paperwork back. Then you got to appeal, and it may take well, hey, it may take a well, year okay, to send on. the paperback from the yeah. country. Let me let me ask you this question, okay? Let me ask you this question mm-hmm. because I know. Um, you know, you married outside the country. Um, were you able to bring your wife back to the to United States? No, not yet. Because you got to go through this process. Okay. And so I know a lot of other people how long too. Does, I'm not the only one. How, well, I'm asking that. How long does the process take? It may take th- over three years. Okay, over three years. Okay, now mm-hmm. if it takes over three years, okay, you marry them, and it takes three years. So, with your experience, what would be some of the reasons why they would not allow you to bring her back? Now, I'm sure they your wife would have a problem coming back. They don't. They know, don't tell you. They don't tell you. I tell you, it's a generic wording on a form. Hmm. So they send your documents they, back, Homeland Security get your documents, and they say mm-hmm. they won't send the documents to you up until three, six months after they get them. So it's mm-hmm. six months coming back from the embassy overseas, then another six months once after they get them here in the States before they send them to you. So, Eric, my question is this. How can they be against what Donald Trump said when he's talking about people in other parts of the world that have vowed to kill Americans and are fighting against United States and her allies' troops? And they're coming into this country as a refugee. You don't know who the heck it is. Well, Pianchi... The honest answer is, me and you don't know who they are, but they know who it is. They pay to have them come in this country, and uh, they have they have reason for allowing. And let me ask you another question. What? If there's so much opposition to putting a wall along the southern border, 
in making Mexico pay for it. Why come no one is raising that same opposition to Mexico who's presently building a wall along its southern border to keep (laughs) Central Americans and Southern Americans out of her country Uh and they pass through and end up in this country. And one other thing, it has been said over and over again that Mm. 80%, that ain't me saying that, that ain't the final call, Louis Farrakhan saying this. Mm-hmm. That's by conservative news sources like the New York Times and Huffington mm-hmm. Post. 80% of the females that's coming into this country illegally are raped along their journey for, yes. for whatever reason. Then that's, when that's, they get here, when okay. they get here, they deliver it, have that baby in the United States. And that baby becomes a U.S. citizen. citizen. And it's a burden on the school districts wherever that baby is trying to attend. Mm. How many did they say was here? 11 million? Let's say half of them is female. 5.5 million. How many children? Well, at least one. Right? Okay. So what the man is saying is has a lot of validity to it. It's a lot of I feel you. I feel you. Well, see, the, what, 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 see what 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 the, the, <laughs> the issue? You can't deny it, man. Honest in honestness, you can't deny it. No, no, no. I'm I'm finna I'm finna talk to you about this thing now. Okay. Now, let's really take a look at this thing about this wall. You've had not one, at least two presidents from the state of Texas, okay? And a wall hasn't been built at all. You know, they did a little, let's send some more state troopers down, a little more more soldiers down to guard against the wall. I mean, against the influx of immigrants or what have you. That's fine. But... What's going on behind the scenes that nobody is talking about are you have these security companies that's being paid to go down there and bring these individuals into the United States. See, they just not coming on their own, okay? Well, then they need to be stopped. Look, once again, once again, how can they be stopped? Company? No, no, no. They're not gonna stop them. Why are they gonna stop them? Well, let me let me tell you another thing, Harry. what I'm saying. What I'm saying, Pianki, they, the, Mr. Smith, uh, or, or the dominant culture, do not want this to stop. It's just that simple. That's, it's the same as it's the same as drugs, weapons, whatever else they complain about on a daily basis. The bottom line is they don't want them to stop because it's money. It, it's don't we say that all the time? Follow the money, and that's what's going on. They're profiting off of this thing. I understand what you're saying. Go ahead. But the people, United States citizens are tired of what they have to go through on the southern border, southern states, what is caused by these illegals. Well, you know what, Let me tell you something else real quick. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, um, Pianca. I really am. But here's here's my my take on the American people are tired. American people have no idea. They have no clue. American people are just dumb. 
Okay, if they were so tired, number one, they would they would get all them old cronies that's sitting up there in, in, on Capitol Hill that's been there forever. They would get their old behinds out. They would put new people in there that would enact some type of change. But wait, I'm sorry because them same old cronies. I said that's the sitting people up on there, the southern border. I didn't say everybody look, else in the interior. No, 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 no. You, you, the people the on the point. southern border yeah. only get two senators and representative per their proportionments. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now, as I was saying, you trying to run this this, this constitutional where they only get two that that, that. it's more it is a big it's a big game, Pianki. That's what you fail to realize. They may get two, but see, they they work under these two that's on this committee, which two is on that committee, which works for the big man on this committee who runs this company, who's operating under the table for this security company who's bringing these people in to make to help build this and do see it, it, it's all a big a big game, Pianki. So it's easy to say, well, let's build the wall or let's build the wall on the southern border. Let's build the wall here. It's not going to happen. What do you mean to tell it's me when blacks say they tired? It's just a bunch of hogwash. You know the old famous thing. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You see that link that's yes. in the yes. chat room? Yes. That's yes. a black company. Yes. That's a yes, black that's what I'm company saying. that's involved yes. in most black people when they say I'm tired, they just giving they just giving lip service. And you know what? You know that's 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 like the old adage, I'm hungry. But somebody offer you food but you don't want that. You're not hungry. Well just we like can't, you're not tired. That, it, we we wandering away from the central focus. <laughs> there in that chat I gave you a link to a company called Centel. <laughs> Centel uh-huh. is a company that supports integrated logistics, information technology, and intelligence engineering, and also mission support for the Department of Defense. They, it's a black-owned company, and they're working all over the world. They are in the business of providing that support for monitoring who's crossing your border. Especially if they're using techniques like tunneling. Did you did you did you say monitoring? You seen the commercials on monitoring? Yeah, they're not there to fix it. They just tell you who's coming across the border. This this this, this company is, this company does work for Israel. It does work for for Dubai and Qatar and other Here we nations, go. and also the U.S. government. So they would benefit. I have the possibility of benefiting. Contractually, from who benefits from putting a wall up along the southern border? Man, really? Okay, all right. And it's all black (laughs) company too. Okay, Uh, General Uh, Skip Williams. Skip Williams is the CEO of it. He retired, Mm. General, head of Africa in in Africa. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, we make fun of this stuff, but we forget that you have blacks in out of the what we call out of the box advocations that benefit no matter who's in the presidency, but surely would benefit from this task of protecting the southern border. Mm hmm. Mm. All right. Look, I, I just got um, a text that it's a plan, and um, it says the war must be conducted in such a way that Islam and political Zionism 
mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to like to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion. We shall unleash the nihilist and the atheist, and we shall provoke a formidable social catalysm, which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations that effect of absolute atheism, origin of savagery, and of the most bloody turmoil. Yeah, okay. Then everywhere the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude. Disillusion with Christianity who's okay. The deistic spirit ah from the moment be without compassion or direction, anxiety for an idea. Okay. I get the gist of that. Okay. <clears throat> but anyway, the bottom line is it's a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. So hold on, let me bring um everybody call talking about a plan. The rapture is a plan, but it never happens. <laughs> Not yet anyway, right? <laughs> and then again, you have some you some that would argue that, yeah, it's here. The rapture is already going on. You just don't realize it. But hold on, let me bring this next caller in. All right, welcome to the show, Sister Ingoni. How you doing today, lovely? Hey, I'm good. I'm I'm good, and I'm glad to hear you laughing and upbeat. And I got tickled when you first started off talking about trying to find something positive to talk about. And I, I thought, oh boy, maybe I better not push number one today. <laughs> but uh, I see, I see you. You know, you, you're talking about politics, so there's not too much positive there. Uh, now, let me just briefly say thank you very much for uh, sharing that. Uh, uh, letter that that uh, that's from Albert Pike, uh, a mm, letter to okay. Mussolini, uh, and uh, what I highlighted there was about World War III. But if you go back up into the documents, you'll see uh, this letter was supposedly written in 1871. It's contested by some, saying it's not authentic. But uh, whether it is or not, uh, we can look around the world and see that what's written there is in process. So if mm. you go back up the document, you'll see World War II and you'll see World War I. Um, and, again, that letter was written in 1871. So that's why I say it's a plan. And I think, it, with no disrespect, Pianchi, so please don't start yelling at me. Uh, I may not know how to say this in a way that's not offensive, but I don't intend it to be. I'm just direct, okay? Uh, sounds to me like you're having illusions of grandeur. Uh, you're talking about our border as though you think if uh, Trump or Hillary or whoever they put in the Oval Office next time is going to you know, have something to do with the agenda that's been moving forward uh, from the beginning of this so-called uh, nation, which is not a nation anymore. Because uh, if you look around the world and see what's going on, you'll see that the concept of the nation-state is being superseded uh, in many ways, and all you got to do is look and see what's going on in Europe, Germany, Switzerland, uh, you know, all over the place, and, and here in U.S. Inc. Um, and as far as the wall is concerned, uh, you know, uh, you can't go to Mexico or uh, Venezuela or Brazil uh, and uh, have buses waiting on you with the stipend uh, to be sent into their uh, so-called uh, country, which is also uh, nothing but a corporation, all nation states are corporations, uh, and uh, get uh, money 
taken from uh, taxpayers, uh, you know, uh, when you got veterans, uh, homeless, and committing suicide by the, what, 22, 25 a day uh, and, and not being taken care of, where they're fly, literally flying in, they being the, those that are in power, uh, literally flying in uh, some of these uh, refugees. Uh, there was a number of them that came in New Orleans, that was reported, uh, where they don't even know where they're dispersed throughout the country. So I don't get it. I'm very confused when we, when I hear people, uh, you know, talk as though what we think about it is going to have any relevance to what's happening because regardless of who gets in the White House, the agenda continues to move forward. We can look back in several presidencies and see that is a reality. So I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, it reminds me of Corrine Brown. I, this, this is uh, Corrine Brown, a representative of the Fifth District in Florida, uh, is being uh, charged uh, for. Pardon me. She's being railroaded, but go ahead. <laughs> well, 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 but see, she made the same mistake I think Mr. Pianchi's making. See, she didn't mm. learn a lesson from Jesse Jr. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, people right. people get involved in politics. They think because they can go push a lever or a vote, and they forget about the diabolic, the council votes, and they think that's what they think to have something to do with what's going to happen. Uh, and what she did, she participated as, as a representative of the fifth district of Florida and uh, started up some kind of a, a, a organization that was supposed to be helping poor people, poor children. And and uh, she uh, uh, allegedly stole $800,000 to her foundation, uh, and she's facing 300 years. So, again, see, she, well, she got caught up in illusions of grandeur, thinking that because she was participating in the so-called system that she forgot there's two sets of rules. There's a rule for those, like George Carlin says, it's a big club and we ain't in it. So when, you, when they let some of them get in it, so it'll look like it's a democracy. We forget that it's really not one. It never has been. I'm done. Okay. Anybody? <laughs> you know, well, you know, and, this is a great country. This is a great country we live in. Eric, it's not a country. It's, not it's a corporation. Everybody that wants to come to, and you know, here's another thing too. You have to ask yourself. Now we was talking about this earlier. You can look at, and we talking about black. You can look at blacks that come to the United States, and they are more anxious, more steadfast, and willing to work hard and take on the tough subjects, especially in schools. Whereas the blacks here won't do that. They seem like they just don't have the will. You remember the, it was it was down in Florida when they had a problem with the computer system that verifies your dep your ED, EDB card or that food stamp card, and they interviewed some of the women that was trying to use a card and it wouldn't work. They were just going berserk. Because that privilege was, I mean, it just as if you was trying, if they was trying to cut you off from breathing air and drinking water. So here in the United States, you got 
a lot of citizens, especially from your neck of the woods, Eric, my neck of the woods, who just complacent. They won't demand things that they have control over, like your school board and so on and so on and so on. And what's going to take is that citizens in those states that's feeling this threat, they're going to have to take them matters into their own hand if the federal government doesn't do this. That's a federal government responsibility <laughs> when it comes down to illegal immigrants. And that's what they need to do. Well, Pianchi, in, in regards to the EBT uh, reference to the people that were upset because the EBT cards didn't work, um, do you consider that it, it has been a policy uh, in this uh, corporate uh, so-called quote-unquote nation uh, to have generations of people that are disenfranchised and that are have been made dependent on the so-called federal government. That's by design. That's called colonialism, imperialism and colonialism. See, we fail to accept the fact that as black people, even though you want to use examples of progressive people that are participating in security with Israel and so forth and so on, which is benefiting the uh, ongoing unfoldment of a police state all around us, okay? But they're making money, so that's okay. Uh, but see, you can't, I think, ignore the fact that it has been deliberate in this country to disenfranchise different classes of people. Uh, and, and, and another uh, example of that is the prison industrial complex, okay? So those people are... Uh, Bill Clinton you mean that uh, created the th three strikes and you're out, and you have young men in prison that have never uh, harmed anybody uh, for having a, you know, some marijuana or whatever, or they got caught stealing some records or whatever, and so they got in trouble three times, so now they're in prison for life. And those that aren't in prison for life that are in there for nonviolent crimes come out five, ten years later, and uh, they can't get an apartment in their name. They can't you know, function. So it, it's a plan. Uh, and I, I think, you know, it's disingenuous to not uh, acknowledge that the things that are happening are not just happening uh, in, in isolation. There, there's an agenda, just like the war on drugs. Before that, Johnson had a war on poverty. Is poverty gone anywhere yet? And then think about the fact of how much billions and trillions of dollars they're spending all around the world with military bases in other people's countries, uh, stealing their resources and their, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, running their... Uh, well, the United States is not stealing no resources. Those, oh, uh, my those God. You, where, 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 those what government are you on? Well, so what <laughs> congressperson and senator is over there stealing resources? First of all, that's, it, that, that's an insult. Okay, because and I'm sure you're aware that I know that the little 535 crooks that's up there on Capitol no, Hill. No, no, wait a minute. Let me answer your question. Let me answer your question. Are not individually mm -hmm. stealing anything, but however, there has been some reports that indicate I can't prove it, but that indicate that the congressmen and women are involved in Hillary's little slush fund foundation. Okay, and that they well, that's a report. That's, that, you, that's they can't prove that. I, said I, can't I, I hear people. I hear people say the United States is stealing other countries' resources. They the are United stealing States other people's government resources. Stealing no resources. Listen, those, why would they if, have if, military bases well, you know, in other people? One hundred and fifty 
150 military bases uh, 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 or more around the world and other people's Be- nations. Well, what well, are they okay, there I'm for? I'm going to tell you why. What I'm are they tell there you for? Why. They're there to protect U.S. business and citizens' interests. And how do mm. they do that? And they, they pay rent. In- they pay rent. They pay rent where they are. They they're not there for free. They pay for the water, the electricity. They pay rents for those bases. And they also manipulate governments and tell them, like for instance, Japan, what they can and cannot do. And they do utilize resources, and it's all well, connected they, to the they World don't Bank. Tell them what Excuse they... me, it's all connected to the World Bank and the IMF. When they give nations loans, they know they can't pay back, and then they have conditionalities, and they tell those governments what they can and can't do, and then they end up having to. Uh, those are not government use their officials, and those. They use, excuse those me. Are... They end up not being able to use their own resources to develop their own society and to develop their own people. Because the corporations, which Give are us an running the nation, you know, you say these things. Where is this going on? At where is it that they can't use their own the resources? All, all over the world. See, oh you, my you, goodness! You, you, you can't. I guess it's going you, on in you Chicago refuse, too. You refuse to to. Um, no, you say you, these you things, refuse. but you don't have no proof. You just admitted that you didn't have proof about somebody I using Hillary's slush fund. I said. It's alleged that the congressman may be involved. With alleged the, mean it's probably a lie. I so know what alleged means, Bianchi. Why do you have to get in these arguments? Hold, I just hold, asked hold, you to prove to me where a country on. is doing it. Hold on. Hold on. Now, see, um, one prime example, and we'll, <laughs> you, you see the results now, is in Iraq. We went in there. To overthrew overthrew a government, which they're not going to use those correct words. We went over there and we um, liberated them is a better term they used. Okay, then what do you do? You go and you put the little puppy government in. The unfortunate, the, the unfortunate, what actually went on once the puppet government got in, the the citizens and got hip to what was going on, and that's why you have the issues going on now. Um, All right, let's also, stop right there. Hang on for a second. No, 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 no. Also, You have to, you have to remember let's now. Stay with the right. Kicked off. It's a whole lot of um, American businesses to help rebuild, so-called rebuild. You know. Wait a minute. Court. Wait a minute. Hang on. Go ahead. I'm listening. Go ahead. Hang on, because American companies did not get awarded contracts for oil. It was Chinese and other countries. American countries got nothing out of that. It companies that is, and if it is, they uh, have to be awarded by the government. Uh, if you go, if American company, if American country go to a company go to Nigeria and bid on something, then they decide on who gets awarded the bid. Pianke, when we went in that country and we started invading, the first buildings we decided to put guards at was the oil ministry to make sure Thank nothing you. happened to. Okay. Right, now, because he was dr- bringing in I'm revenue for the country. Uh, yeah, I was there. Okay. Say what? It was because you wanted to protect it because it was bringing in revenue for the country. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Am I right, Eric? <laughs> yeah, it was bringing revenue in for the country. You're right on that. You're right. It was bringing Thank revenue you. in for the country. You're right. But it wasn't the, the Iraq. <laughs> that was country it wasn't bringing revenue in for. Oh, but okay. Well, and, Iraq, and what about Iraq Libya? Is government. What about Libya? What about what they did to Libya? 
It bombed them back into the Stone Age and stole all their gold, the people's gold that Qaddafi had. Who stole the gold? The corporation, the, the corporation that we're talking about. Corporations went over there and stole yeah. gold. How you know? How you know Libyans themselves didn't steal the gold? You know what? That's a stupid question, so I'm not going to bother to respond to it. <laughs> we got a downtown called Bank of America. If somebody oh, was to blow it up and the doors would open, St. Louis citizens would run in there and try to grab money. Come on because now. They, I'm okay. not trying to because be – I'm not trying to – I'm why? just trying to get y'all you know, to think about what you're saying. They have, you know why, Pierre? They have no clue that, that what they're going in to grab really has no worth. Because they have just been like that just like in years. just like in New Orleans, you had people going into the stores taking stuff, and unfortunately, they label it white folks finding and black folks looting. That's but, a whole different. I mean, that was uh, that's apples and oranges, Pianti. What you talked about now, you, but you know what? It's all right if you want to walk around and you want to think that, and and live in a, uh, a mystical illusion of the grandeur. You, then you 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 have that right. I, this I is the right greatest right country right in the world. Now, yeah, okay, where else can even black folks, even Donald even Trump black people, in public that this is a corporation? All even blacks are who are in poverty, even blacks who are in poverty. If you want to call it poverty, I call them poor. They ain't in poverty. They ain't starving. I mean, look at them. They look like they're starving to you. They still have it better than so many other places in the world. And what's the point? What 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 is the point in saying that? So you talking about one thing? I'm talking about something else. Well, what what is? I'm I don't saying, understand the I'm saying that the point the point is this: the people here who are poor is not going someplace else and exchange their poor. In other parts of the world, they're not going to do it. They're poor. They they can't go nowhere else and exchange it because they're poor, so they can't go anywhere. They have to even if given the opportunity to deal with the gold, they wouldn't go because your poor here is better than any other poor in the world. And I won't argue that point, but the the the, the, oh, you won't argue that point. No, because that wasn't the point I was making. My point is that you. And what you're talking about has nothing to do with what's going on because we're not in control of any of it. And no matter who gets in the Oval Office, the agenda is going to move forward like it has been for hundreds of years. And that letter from Albert Pike, that letter from Albert Pike to Muzzini is evidence that there's a plan. That's all I'm saying. And we're not well, everybody have a plan. Noah had a dang I'm not talking plan, about too. Everybody. I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about the people that rule the world and rule what you call nation. You talk about being the citizen, but the definition Mr. of a citizen Pike is ruled the world. Is that what you're saying? Say again? You say Mr. Pike ruled the country or the world? Or, I mean, no, I you know understand. I didn't say that. See, you like to play word games, and I'm not really interested. You mentioned so you Albert, well, So how did Albert Pike letter get into it? Was he talking about ruling the world? He was talking about the plan of those who do rule the world and how they were going to move through World War One, World War Two, and World War Three. And Eric well, read you a short part of that letter. Which is happening in front of our eyes right now. Have you heard of a I mean, company they, called they, Uber? Yeah. Uber tried what? to go over to China and do what Uber attempted to go to China and do what it does here in the United States. It was losing money. It gave up. So they ended up selling out 
to a Chinese company that has 90% of the same type of market that Uber specializes in. Now, if these people rule the world, why would something like that go down? I mean, it seemed like they lost to me. Well, the, first of all, in my understanding, okay, limited as it is, there are, first of all, only 25% of the Chinese population participate in the modern economy of China. There are many people that still live as peasants in China. And there are many people here that live as peasants, but they just don't know they're peasants. That's what the problem is, see. Okay? And so what you're talking about right now, uh, one example for Uber, a company uh, that didn't work out uh, and sold out. Uh, what about the fact that in China uh, they have nets on uh, that factory at uh, Apple where uh, people are committing suicide? What about that? That's going on in China, too. You want to talk about the example of Uber? Well, well let's talk you about know, Apple. you had people, people here in the United States commit <laughs> suicide, too, especially during the Depression. They were jumping out of windows here in St. Louis downtown. Yeah, but that's not the point. We weren't, I'm not talking about just people committing suicide. That's always been the case. I'm talking about an example you used about Uber, and I gave the example about you talk about China, like China is such a progressive uh, place, but, uh, but um, Chinese, uh, a certain class of Chinese, are basically slaves. I don't think and, and so are, and, and so are uh, and so are a, a number of people in the richest so-called nation on the earth. Uh, that's what people in the say. Same situation. That's what people say about basketball players. Black basketball players say they million-dollar slaves working for billion-dollar slave masters. You yeah, you got that? one in the White House now. He ain't the, he's, he, that's a that's white power and black No, I'm talking about NBA basketball players. And I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about the one in the White House right now. That's what I'm talking about. Well, he's the president of the United States. I'm no, sure he, he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a house slave. He just that's white power and black face. That's all that he is. Well, he ain't he, running nothing, and the next one to get, get in the White House the is the not going to be running anything. Get either. back to the NBA when people yeah, use I'm this sure word you want to use people of <laughs> being a slave. You saying they say NBA black basketball players, Eric, are slaves, making the millions and millions of dollars that they make. Well, is the white players slaves too? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, because yeah. first of all, the millions of dollars you're talking about. Uh, white players uh, are slaves. Like, yeah. How about the players in? How about the white players in Major League Baseball? They slaves also, huh? Who do you? Who <laughs> and the do ones you, that come from other. Wait a minute, and the ones that come from other countries that go back and take their money with them. I guess they slaves also. So let me Man, ask you a question. On. Do you do you deny that there's a thing called imperialism that operates on this planet? Is that uh do you, do you agree or disagree with that? There's no such thing as imperialism as far as you're concerned. Identified. Uh, the oh. domination well, yeah, of you other have people NATO, around the world you have in other nations. You have western you have western powers who want to project their influence in other parts of the world, yes, they do. What do you mean want to want to project? <laughs> yeah, they didn't bomb seven countries into the Stone Age and North. Well, Africa. it don't what work. Are you talking about that want to, but it doesn't work all the time. Oh, hold on for a minute, Sister Gaudi. Let, let me let me go back to uh, um, Pianki's um, hit Pianki's point about the the um, athletes 
meet the sports athletes. Now, remember during during slavery, how um, when the slave masters got tired or had a better thing, they would um, sell sell the um, slaves to what another plantation, right? Well, in major league sports today, we call that trading. Remember, you trade them to this this team. And sometimes you get another play in change or you get some draft picks. It's the same principle. It's the same thing, Pianchi. We, of course, we're not going to think about it like that, but it's the same principle. Yeah, you disappeared same. there for a while. What What did you say? <laughs> you, you dropped there for a minute. Oh, that was a I good point, that. Eric. <laughs> no, said, honest, you dropped there for a minute. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I say, you know how, how Major League Sports trade players from one team to the other? Yeah. You know how they do that? Isn't that yes. the same thing that was going on back in the day with slavery when the slave master would trade a slave or uh, sell a slave off to somebody else? No, the free agency Why not? clause came about. Oh. Well, let me explain <laughs> to you. <laughs> okay. All right. The free agency, the free agency clause came about not only in baseball but other sports too, due to the fact of a player, a man that played for my home team, the St. Louis Cardinals. His name was Kurt Ford, Kurt Floyd, and it was him petitioning the legal okay. system. All right. Hold because on, hold they on, hold wanted on, hold to hold trade on. him without compensation. Right. So CPN, you know get what trade, that is? They get paid. You know what that is? That's called a free slave, and eventually he gets picked up by another team right back. He goes right back into slavery. No, he doesn't go into slavery. He's, yes, he's he getting does. paid tremendously well. He goes right back into the same he goes right back into the same situation he was in with another team. But this time he chose to do that. Well then how is this uh, how is it forceful Bound? How are you bound in some bondage? Okay. How is All it being right. forceful right. bondage? Come on, man. <laughs> Okay, guys, number one. Care. You, you right. go to work here's, every day. Here's, People go to work. I guess they slaves. Here it is, Pianchi. All right. When they sit out, they have hold what you call holdouts, right? Now, if he's holding yeah. out, can he go with somebody else? Can he go sign with somebody else? Yeah. If he's on the contract, free agent, yes, he, he can. No, 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 you missed. <laughs> no, Bianchi. <laughs> Androlis Chapman, Androlis Chapman, when he first came up, he signed a contract with the Cincinnati Reds for the mm. duration of his tenure, which is five years. He signed for $35 million. This is mm. his last year as being under that agreement. Uh-huh. When, uh, when trades come up the end of this year, he'll probably earn $100 million to the best bidder. He's with the Chicago oh. They just left the New York Yankees. Say, say He's with the Chicago Cubs right now. What you say, the best bidder? That's what you say, the best bidder? The, which, whichever one offered him the best deal. Let me tell you something else. We had a player here in St. Louis, a black <laughs> man. That real quick, His ahead. name, hang on. His name, <laughs> let me tell you, Jason Haywood. Haywood was offered the largest contract ever with the St. Louis Cardinals. He chose to go to the St. Louis, I'm sorry, go to the Chicago Cub, and he left $20 million on the table. He said he didn't want to stay here. He's going to Chicago. That sound like a slave to you? Yep, slave to the fiat currency. That's what it sound like. But I got somebody else. Oh, now we're going to get on the currency. Well, no, I got no, something no, for that, too. All you don't, no, hey, no, hey, all you don't want, give it to me. I'll take it. 
What did I just say? We done with that. I, I, <laughs> we, uh, you're tapping right now. You're tap dancing. But anyway, let me bring this other call in. Okay, um, Triple All One, right. welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Talk? Well, hello there, Mr. N2K. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and hello to your esteemed guests. Hello. <laughs> and I just, I just wanted to chime in on something that uh, Sister Ngone was saying, because I caught the tail end of that. I didn't really catch the whole conversation when they were talking about China. 75% of China's population lives in rural areas and don't benefit from the fact that China is the world's largest exporter of manufactured goods. So basically, when we look at China and what they're producing and all of the goods that they put out, there's very few people in that population that are actually benefiting from that. The majority, the overwhelming majority of that population doesn't benefit from it. Yeah, they have jobs, they're able to work, but they're getting menial pay for what it is that they're doing. And to segue from that into the whole professional sports thing, what Pianki was just describing was free agency. Now, alluding back to what you said, when a player is under contract, he does not have any leverage. He does not have the ability to negotiate with another team. When a player is under contract, he is subjugated to the parameters of that team, their collective bargaining agreement, their contract structure, and everything. So when he was giving an example, that last example that he made of a player Mm -hmm. that got all that money and was able to Mm -hmm. leave, that player was a free agent. He was not under contract. You can't do that under contract. What was that word you used? Excuse what was that Bianchi. word you used? Bianchi. I, could, I didn't hear I played, it. I played professional sports. I didn't sports. say you didn't. I, I just asked you what was the word you I played professional I sports used, too. Used, but what was the word? I used, I used free agency versus. Oh, okay. Contract. I just wanted to make sure I heard you right. I, I right. thought you said slave, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I didn't say slave. I said free agency. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, before Pianchi, you came now, on, people have been scribing. Now, Pianchi, now, Mr. Pop, Mr. Huh. one of the things yeah. that I want to add to this conversation is uh-huh. that when I when I signed my first contract as a professional athlete, I actually saw how it was slavery mm. to the nth degree. Because here, here's let me keep it short. Here's what happened. I was so happy that I got the contract, I signed it. And then Mm -hmm. after the dust settled, after the dust settled, and I actually read it, uh, the company that the contract, it stipulated whenever you are performing, whenever you are in an event 
that's associated with the sport, you have to wear these clothes. And if you don't wear these clothes, and they were giving, it was all free. Now, you got to understand, here's how the contract works. I was getting socks, shoes, shirts, shorts, warm-ups, everything. Everything I needed. And in that contract, it's stipulated. Whenever you're in a venue that has anything to do with this sport, if you are not wearing the appropriate gear that we have allocated for you, you are in breach of your contract. Mm-hmm. That was that was an eye opener for me because I was like, "Damn!" So now they can tell me what to wear, how to wear it, what I can put on, what I can't put on, and if I don't do it, then I don't get paid. Yeah, that is slavery. Uh, that's right. In the highest level, is slavery. In the sense that you're being told everything that you have to do, but it's but we get tricked into thinking it's not slavery because they give you money for it. So I can show up and I can get just to do an exhibition. I can get a couple of thousand dollars. Period. Right off the top, just showing right. up. Okay, we need to show. You, we need you to show up for this event. Here, it's going. It's, we're gonna give you five thousand. But guess what? If I show up at the event and I don't have a proper wear on, not only do I not get the five thousand, I'll get fined the money. So that's how that works. That's right. And on top of that, that's you right. have well, owners, exactly. right? You have owners. Well, you mean right? to tell me you didn't read your contract? Yeah. Um. To answer Ngone's question, yes, you have owners, and they dictate, and once you renegotiate your contract, however you your contract goes the first time, if you're good enough, you get another one, and then you got to make sure everything is straight in that. And to Pianki's question, yes, I did read the contract, but what you don't understand is is when somebody works extremely hard and puts their blood and sweat and tears into something, and then all of a sudden they become the benefactor of that work, they don't always look at a fine print, which is why they call it fine print. Well, if I could reply to that, the many, 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 construction contracts that I looked at and that I was involved in. I qualified my bid and made sure that my verbiage and my qualification of what I would do and what I would not do was in the wording of the contract. I had to do that because I was being responsible and accountable to the company which was mine. So, if a person don't take the time to follow through the legalese of what it is that they're signing, then guess what? 
you may be subjected to some surprise down the line. But nobody made you sign it. I mean, it's different from slavery. Nobody stood over you with a belt. Nobody. Well, I'm not going to say you. Nobody stood over me with a whip, a gun, or anything else to make me sign that contract, nor to make me to qualify my bid with ex- with exceptions and exclusions. And, and I agree. And I agree. But let's, Pianti, just for the sake of argument, let's expand that since we're talking about contracts. Because you're talking about a business contract. I'm talking about a sports contract. And Ngone was talking about global economics. Let's encompass all that. So when you are taking all these things together, okay, when you're looking at a global market, you're looking at a global market, you're looking at a global industry, how many people as individuals who are a part of that pie actually read everything that's involved. And I understand what you're saying. It's it's incumbent upon the person to do their due diligence and make sure that they're covered in it. But to Ngone's point, when you're talking about China, when you're talking about a communist regime who now has become the forefront of the economic structure of the world, how do they make sure that all the people in China are a part of the contract and are getting their just due? How do you do that? Well, my premise of this discussion was to dispel the rumor or the saying that NBA players are million-dollar slaves working for billion-dollar owners. Now, to your question about China, I'm a United States citizen. I don't have any skin in the game with China. That's between China and her people to work out. (laughs) No matter what I say or what I think, I don't know what's going on. I'm not living that life over here. I live my life here in the United States of America presently. So I can't answer that question. That's up to them. And and, and so you don't take into consideration, Pianchi, that um, since the United States doesn't produce very much anymore, uh, and most of what we get in here comes from China, which, by the way, if you check the Baltic's dry index, you will find out that for several months there have been many ships sitting out in the Atlantic that weren't coming into the ports because uh, there was a discrepancy between how China wanted to be paid by the United States Corporation. So you may mm-hmm. think you don't have any skin in the game, but uh, whether you know it or not, it, we're affected by well, those. Well, really, I don't because events. I look at this. I look at this, Miss Ungoni. You live in probably every two, and a lot of us, and we know of all black school districts, public school districts, that are involved 
and free and reduced lunch programs where black children are being afforded that by way of Title I. Now, here's the thing. The providers of those lunch programs, in many cases, not all, and to the bulk of the extraction of the revenue out of those school districts to the tunes of nearly hundreds of millions of dollars, are Ida Sedesco, which is a French company, and Aramax, the U.K. And I ask, we're concerned about China, whereas you have foreign companies extracting your tax dollar revenue out of the lunch program that black children are participating in while you have African-American companies in this country that could be doing that themselves. I love the way you take things out of context. You should really run for a representative or go up to Capitol Hill because you fit right in up there. There are companies <clears throat> that could be doing that themselves. Some of them have a staff as much as 18,000, like Mana in Louisville, Kentucky, owned by Ulysses Bridgman, Jr., his income is $748 million a year. Then you have another company by the name of Thompson Hospitality out of Reston, Virginia, owned by Warren M. Thompson. has 6,000 employees, and his revenue is $499 million a year. And they're not the only one. So why are we not becoming consultancy and having a movement within these black school districts to get the board to keep that money in the country. Because you're not free and you're not in charge. That's the answer to your question. There's not an equal (laughs) playing field. It's not an equal playing field. There is something that's called imperialism and colonialism, and there are people who are disenfranchised and marginalized in this society. Now, you can pretend like that. Wait a minute now. Real quick, I'm going to let you go ahead and talk before you get too far away from this. You said that they're not free. So this brother, this this black woman whose company is doing work in Dubai, Saudi Arabia, and, of course, the United States, where she have over 6,000 employees, she's not free? Or the brother, a black male who has over 18,000 employees doing quick service restaurants, he's not free? He's a slave? Yes, and when their services stop benefiting the powers that be, they won't be in business, Okay. They take whole countries out of business. You notice they just bomb them into the Stone Age if they are not plugged into servicing the agenda. And the reason why they took out uh-huh. those countries in Northeast Africa is because they weren't pl- plugged into the IMF and the World Bank, and they don't believe in usury. <laughs> well, let me ask you another question. The employees that I hired every month where my payroll was about a quarter of a million dollars oh. – Every week, I had to be a part of the IMF, or I was a slave master, or a slave. I mean, I don't, I, oh, I don't well, understand this. Okay, it's confusing. Wait, wait, wait. Go on the United Nations website and read the definition of a citizen. It says a citizen. No. United a Nations didn't have nothing to do wait, with Wait, 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 wait. A good 
Pardon me? What did you just say? <laughs> when I was doing my business and hiring people and paying their salaries so that they could raise their family and send their children to school or whatever, I didn't have to get no permission from the United Nations. I didn't say you did, Pianchi. That wasn't the point. But, you know, like I said before, you have a right. But you said to these live... other two companies were Let me just finish, please. You have a right to live in your delusion or your illusion of grandeur if you want to. I, I respect your right to do that. But if you want to do that. All right, so you say that... illusion. That means I'm looking at something that really ain't there. I so think, when I look no, at those numbers I, I on my bank denial. statement, they really ain't there. I think you're in denial. See, for one thing, you don't recognize the fact that you never got paid because there's no money. I never got paid? No, sir. You never got paid. So when I invoiced and the check came back and I put it in the bank and it showed up on the statement as a deposit, that wasn't getting paid? No, sir. All right. (laughs) Well, you know... (laughs) Um, it's interesting that that we went through the whole gambit, and it all breaks down to be the same thing. You know, um, I, I'm going to go back to something Pianki said when he said, um, "What what did you say, Pianki? That nobody made you sign the contract, right? Now, That's right. Remember, okay, nobody made you sign the contract, um, but." But some limit, you know, they did. Some limitedly, you know what I mean, mentally, you know, uh, unheard messages, they, they did make you sign it. And here's how. You know, you've been programmed. If, you, if you're playing sports as a child, well, wait a minute if I get further. Um, we got six minutes left in live time. We will be going over time for a little bit. So if you're not on the phone lines, you need to get here, 347-838-8622. Once again, that's three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. Because uh, within what about six five five six minutes, we'll be um, going off the air live. But if you're on the switchboard, you can still listen as we go in overtime. Um, you know, as a child, if you play sports, don't and and if you get very good at it, the only thing they keep telling you, well, you're gonna make it to the league. You're gonna make it. You're gonna play pro ball. You're gonna play pro ball. So now. You get to that point, you're sitting in there, and you're getting, quote-unquote, drafted, um, <laughs> you know, and that, that that's what you have been told your whole life. Um, you're under the illusion that you're controlling your own destiny when in actuality you're not. Yeah, who told them that? Who told them that? And, and, and hang on for a second. Let me, let me, let me address this. So when, when you have – Young people, and I coach at Matthew Dickey Boys and Girls Club, by the way. Matter of fact, I was at an awards benefit where I got a big old ring last Friday. Now, you mean to tell me that the parents are being forced to put their children into these activities? Is that what you're saying? I didn't yes. say that. Me neither. Okay, this well, is what I'm saying. Well, this, well, well but, you're, I'm, but you, you're alluding to that, now. that... Involuntarily. Okay. Initially, yes, it's involuntary. But as you go up through the you go to the, you start playing high school ball, you get real good. Then you get to play D1 ball, one of the top schools. Then after a while, it's no longer um, involuntary, I guess you can say. 
As long as you can stay healthy and you putting up the right numbers, it's no longer because they're coming. It's already there inside you. You know what I mean? It's been planned. At my at, at my grandson's school, I can, you breaking up here? I haven't said anything. Stop hollering. Yeah, it sounds like he's breaking up. I think it's the old modular. But real quick. No. On the LSU's baseball team, they have a shortstop. School my grandson go to. He was a 32nd round draft pick with the Detroit Tigers. He chose not to go to them. He went to school. So I'm trying to figure out how he's a slave. Good for him. He's playing, hold on for a minute, Sister Angoni, because N2K wanted to ask a question, and I told him he can ask an idea, and I'm sorry. Go ahead, N2K. Yes, okay. um, I wanted to ask Pianchi. Um, I do a lot of speaking to athletes that are trying to progress to the professional level, and here's what I tell them. <clears throat> Only 1% of Division I athletes make it to the professional level. Only half of that 1% actually are able to sustain a career in professional sports. And here's my question. Do you tell kids, and this is what I tell kids, because I want to know where their mindset is. Do you tell kids that majority of you are not going to make it? It's not going to happen? Oh, you, are you asking me that question? Yeah, I, I specifically said I wanted to ask Pianchi a question. Well, I, so wanted I think, to, well, I you, think I'm I want to make question. sure I identify which question you asked me because you, you put you two separate questions kids, out there. Do you tell kids in reality that most of you, majority of you, will not make it? It's not going to happen. Well, this is what I tell. This is what I tell. And I do a lecture with parents. I do a lecture with parents around whose children in the sixth grade and I tell them the things I lay out to them I give them handouts the things that they need to do as far as preparing their children for higher education as far as uh, creating a resume which includes awards volunteerism I'm getting to that I'm getting to that you what you asked me, I'm getting to now. You think I should answer your question? I'm asking your question how I should. Why do we have do to be in such an argument? You sound like an angry, like you're angry. No, not at all. But well, let, let me answer the question. The or you want to answer the question. Let's get to the point. Do you tell them, most of you, when you look in their eyes and you see their dreams and you tell them, most of you, you're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get you that let contract. Me, if you, well, see, what you're doing, you're being misingenuous, and you're leaving a lot of stuff out. Because the <laughs> emphasis should be on a balance between sports and academics. 
we had we worked at the high school level to get our players scholarships, scholarships <laughs> in the sports, and also monetary scholarships so they can pay for their higher education. Once they I'm get to college, that's their responsibility. No, I don't tell them that. Why? I do not tell Why? them that like that. Why? Because this is the reason real? why. Why not be This is the reason. Well, you know, I'm going to let you talk in 2K. You got you to gotta have it of doing what you're doing. So when you go to catch your breath, am I supposed to think that you're stopping so I can talk? Okay. Well, then I'm going to finish since you gave me that segue. Here's, here's my point, Mr. Talk, in Ngone. And Ngone knows where I'm coming from because she's got a family member that's a Hall of Famer in a professional sport. Sorry, I ain't dropping no names. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> most, most are not going to make it. And it has nothing to do with what they're trying to achieve scholastically. It has nothing to do with what their GPA is. It has to do with their aspirations. So, in lieu of them having the aspiration of being a professional athlete, yes, I agree with you, Pianti. They have to understand that you know, academically. What do you agree with? You didn't let me finish talking. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. What it has to do with is them achieving what they need to do academically and scholastically in order to be a viable member of the community. Don't ever bank on your sole purpose and your sole goal as being a professional athlete. Don't do it because the debt debt is stacked against you. Chances are you're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. And I'm saying that from experience, not because it didn't happen for me because it did, but I lost so many things in the process. Family members, friends, tunnel vision, being obsessed with what I was doing. And once I got there, all of a sudden, everything changed. But it's, the end game is, is that you're right, Pianchi. You have to be Focus How you know I'm right? You didn't let me finish saying what I was going to say. But you told me to talk. Well, you do that well. Now I'll let you talk. Maybe you should have been a talker rather than trying to become an athlete. But if I can continue, if it's not no problem wow. with you. <laughs> no problem, buddy. It's no problem. And as I was saying before, we try to make sure that they balance the athleticism with the academics. And also tell them, too, that even though you don't become that athlete, and I give them a list of 28 areas that's required for those events on the court or the football field 
to carry out. Everything from marketing, advertising, sports announcers, umpiring, officiating, lighting, supplies, workout equipment, scorekeepers. We have a, a program here where we train umpires, by the way, where they can make money umpiring throughout the leagues here in the area. There's managers. There's landscaping and field maintenance. We we tell them about all these opportunities that also exist that's required in order for the events that we watch that's going on on the courts or the field that's open for them to get involved in. We had a young man that was a baseball player who, who was attending Alabama A&M. He's taking up sports medicine because he was not good enough to play on the team. But he was able to get scholarships. He was able to get looked at. And so on, so on, so on. That's what I tell them. You know, <laughs> but it, okay, Pianki. You know what? That's all I'm going to say. Okay, Pianki. <laughs> I, I don't know what else. What against is that? No, not at all. Not at all. And that's good advice. You try to give parents. But, yeah, you try to give parents you, information so that their children can be successful. I tell them about all the scholarships that black children don't apply for. That's specifically for black children. Okay. So you're doing wonderful things. But what about those that, that, that how, how can I put this? What about those that okay, they are at the top of the performance level. And they're like, yeah, 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 I got that, I got that, but I'm going to the league, okay? Then what do you tell them? Well, even if they're playing in the minors, they get paid. But I tell them, I say you have to be careful. You don't want to stay in the minors the rest of your life. Well, we'll see. And okay. also, all right, all right. And also so I tell do, them do, to pay attention you to your major. Yeah, so you deal with baseball, and baseball is one of the few leagues that do have a minor league, an official minor league. But what about those, you know, um, NBA aspirations, NFL aspirations? I, um, I deal with um, um, all sports. Um, like, well, they uh, huh? they're probably going I to college on scholarship. They're probably going to college on on a scholarship, according to NCAA rules. They have to have a high GPA. They're allowed to have a low ACT, SAT, or the opposite. So that's what you try to do. You try to make sure that that those parents are aware, and also that the students, athletes, keep focused. Because when you when you're in Division One, NCAA don't allow you to, to practice a 25 hours a week. And if you carry 15 credit hours. At a college, you need to spend at least three hours a week studying. So, forty-five, sixty-five—that's seventy hours. That's more than a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And there is no—and there is no student who's aspiring to be a professional that is carrying that academic load. There's very few, very few. Well. So, Don't say there's so, none, but I know no, some um, no, carry more than that. It. I corrected it. I he said, said very he few. He said very few. 
Yes, he did. All right, hold on, y'all. I got somebody else who would like to the conversation. Yeah, I agree with you in 2K on that one. Um, and the brother that was in the Super the Bowl who graduated from uh, Stanford with a 4.0, he's an example. No, he's an exception. He's not an example. He's an exception to the rule. Hello? All right, I'm sorry. Hello? Hello, Mace. Hello. I can hear Hi. you. Oh, y'all talking about my subject when you talk about professional people, huh? <laughs> hey, Mace. I know. Hello. I know a lot of professional people, uh, pros, and the ones that have went to, when they didn't make it through the pros, they went and played for international, they ran overseas, football, and basketball. Uh-oh. And everybody don't go. get the opportunity to do that. But I tell them, as you always know, you can get hurt. You always have to have something to come back on. So if you did two things, you got a degree, and you went and played sports, you got something to fall back on after you uh, don't make it, make it out there. Because, you get, first of all, mm. you got to have a person that's going to push you and, uh, the person that uh, you got to have the lawyers and all of those things. And if you don't have the right people that's pushing you, you're not going nowhere anyway. That's why a lot of them didn't make it. You're absolutely right, Maze. One guy did it for her son, herself. She didn't want nobody to do it but her. He was in the he was in the pros, but now he's playing in the, in the National League because he didn't want any of the other people to make money off the top of him. You know, they're telling him how he's supposed to do and all these different things. That's why he's not in the pros today. He played for Atlanta and he played for New York. So now he's over in in uh, China playing. And there's another one. There's about six of them over there in China playing. And then there's some retired football players that played. And that's not a lifetime thing, but you do get a retirement. They played long enough to get that. And if they then they got their degrees, and then when they finished with that, they went on to do like Jabal did. And the one that's the mayor in, in uh, Sacramento, they had something to fall back on, even they were into sports. In baseball, if you up in on a roster in the major leagues for thirty four days, you eligible for about a forty thousand dollars a year pension. Yeah, but because please, there's a, because there's a, because there's a thing when they get, get on a major league roster in baseball. But when they get Dude, when they get cut, they, when out. they get when they get cut, they finish regardless of which one it is. When they get cut, if you don't have nowhere to go, you got to do whatever you got That's to agree. That's right. You and if don't. you don't, you just you got to start over. Because Jack got right. his degree after he finished. Kobe needs to go back and get his because all he did was went out and play. And Laverne went and got his. Mm-hmm. So when he finished with basketball, he's going to have something else. Shaq got and his. I said Shaq went Kobe back don't, Kobe don't need a degree. Kobe is a made man. Kobe's and a made see, man another thing, made. too. You can be a coach because uh, I'm lucky here in St. Louis that we have Ozzie Smith, Lionel, Lonnie Macklin, Bernard Gilkey and uh, who else? What about Temple? Ex Cardinal professionals, ball players. What about Temple? And Templeton's not in St. Louis, and and he go they go out they spend a lot of time. Cause my grandson worked under Kurt Ford. Uh, Brandon Phillips' father's got a training facility down right outside of Atlanta, and he talks about how he was disappointed that Brandon didn't play football, but he played for the uh, Cincinnati Reds, and he, you know, great as he is, he he only lives off his endorsement. He don't even touch his contract money. So, for a lot of people, it's not anything in it. But what we try to make sure is that they at least get into college, and 
their college expense is, uh, you know, satisfied partially or fully, if we possibly can get them get that done. And a lot of them wrote, wrote down and mm. can't do nothing because they're not able from all that busting up for football and sports and being in pros and all of that after the season. And some of them can't do anything. And you know what, Mays? We work very diligent. I didn't personally, but they work very diligent with the University of Missouri in Columbia. Whereas if an athlete gets hurt, when they first come in, they take them through a, a, a rigor, rigorous testing to see what strengths they have, what they can do, range of motion, and so on and so on. If they get hurt in any of those areas, they are dedicated to stay with that athlete through heat rehabilitation until they are just as good as they were when they came in or better. And they also make sure that they provide them with the proper tutorage so that they can stay ahead in their class. Can I say one thing? It all depends on yeah. who want to push you, from boxing to wrestling to football to baseball to every sport there is, that somebody can push you and somebody can put you down. So that's all you tell the young kids. You do all this work and you get all this done, that's still not promised to you. Always have a backup plan. And you can say, well, I did, and it's over, because you can always get cut. Because our friend's son got cut from baseball. He was in the um, minors or whatever it was. He didn't go in the further. He was there for four years, and he's finished now. So, but he has something to fall back on. That's why famous people are not famous to me, because they just like normal people. Yeah, you're right. Can I, uh, can I ask a question? I just wanted to ask a simple question. Um, to Sister Ngone, if you could tie this into the whole element of slavery and how it maps over into paid for or not paid for services and how you're put in a position of perpetual servitude based on a contract. But, 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 but intricate. you know, the guy that was, uh, had, was the number one pick because he was, had this little gas mask on his face and it pushed him down oh, further. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want to endorse him. So from Ole Miss. From Ole yes. Miss. yes, he hadn't made it. And he's not the first one that happened to him because what happened to another guy because they didn't like his politics. He was good at football. Pro material, but he didn't make it there. Were you asking me a question? Like his politics. But I don't think there's no slaves because slaves weren't getting paid. That's right. Did you ask me a question, N2K? Yes, I did. Yes, no, I kind of missed, I kind of missed the, the essence of the question because uh, Okay. Yeah. Um, based on what we're talking about in terms of professional sport, because in America, and I'm just prefacing the question. In America, blacks dominate the major professional sports. When we're talking about basketball, baseball, and football. Now, in baseball, the Latin Americans slash black Americans dominate that industry. But in basketball and football, it's Specifically, African-American makes up about 70% of the population in those particular sports. So I was wondering, 
if you could segue and tie in how the idea of the slavery thing plays into professional, the major professional sports, basketball, okay, I think baseball, I, football. I think I understand. First of all, I have no knowledge of sports, but I think I have the gist of the question. And the way I right. would uh, answer is social engineering. And I will use an example, which I wanted to express earlier when Mr. Talk uh, was um, trying to uh, give an example uh, of socialization and, and enculturation and all of that into sports for young people. When you ask the question, do you tell, you ask Pianchi, do you tell them that most of them aren't going to make it? But then the conversation went, you know, someplace else. So I want to tie that in, I will say the answer to the question is social engineering, and I will give an example uh, using the military. For instance, uh, social engineering for young people, uh, many, especially uh, disenfranchised people, we don't have a draft, but it's, they're socially engineered and funneled into the military because of the conditions that are prevalent in certain classes of people in certain communities where there are no opportunities, so those Young people who don't want to sell drugs or get into crime opt to go into the military. So they uh, aren't forced. Nobody's holding a gun to their head directly, but indirectly they are. And one last comment about contracts. If you read the contract thoroughly, it's written in legalese. So most people think they understand what they're reading, but if you're not an attorney, you probably didn't understand what you read anyway. I hope that answered your question. Well, you know, I know a lot of, uh, before uh, coming out of the Vietnam War, I know a lot of African Americans went to the military, and particularly the Navy. And they gained many, many skills, especially technological skills, which led into the present IT world that we have today. I've met submarine captains. I've met colonels and so on and so on. And they learned a lot of skills, able to and stay who, there for 20-some-odd 20, 20 years. And, and who do and they serve with their skills? Who do they serve and what agenda and what they system come back, do they serve? They come back and they use those skills to further their employment or start their own businesses. We just Employed. gave you an example of Pentel, Centel Corporation mm-hmm. and the business that they do. It's a black company. You know, and I'm not, it's not a, just about a black-white issue here. I'm not thinking in terms of just black-white. Well, I'm thinking in terms but of I am. humanity. That's why I come out and talk that way. And, 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 well, okay, that's fine. I respect that. But I'm just letting you know that's not where I'm, I'm not limited to black and white thinking. I'm trying to understand that there's a system in operation and that we are all plugged into that system. And that system has an agenda and it operates globally. That's all I'm saying. And it's in and, and well, so you know, the your reason value, why come your, your value your your value is you, when you see you talk about success, but then you have to define what is success. You seem to think based on 
what I hear you say, that if you make a lot of Federal Reserve notes, which is just commercial paper uh, that you, allows you to, uh, you know, exist in this system, but the overall benefit is for the ones that are on top. I mean, you can't deny the fact there's statistics that show that there's a small number of people in this world that own more than 50 percent of the wealth of the whole world. I mean, that's are you all right. Deny as long that? as they got it legally. That's not the point, Pianchi. <laughs> the point is, it's 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 un, you know, it's it's just not a. We were talking about slavery, and that's where I'm coming from. Okay. When I work in it, New York, it, my iron workers get paid by ninety six dollars an hour. They're not getting you, it illegally. You always, re, you always respond yeah. with an individual. Uh, uh, example. I'm not speaking on that level. I'm speaking about a system that affects all the people on the planet, and this system is moving us. We're being socially engineered into moving us into a place where they are talking about. Well, you say that. You say that a hundred times. Can I finish my sentence, please? Well, I was talking. You butted in on me. No, I wasn't. I responded to what you said. Uh, no, it's not. It wasn't. It's what system. you did. Okay, uh, I did right, ask I'm you done. a question. I'm done. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go, go right ahead. And this go thing ahead. about because, a because few, it doesn't matter what and to I say, say that they're not. Anyway. Oh, see, but she just continue to go on and on. Yes, yes, you do the same thing. Sometimes. Always got to so end up. Don't be a hypocrite, Pianchi. Come on, don't be a hypocrite. You do the same thing. You take things out of context. Have we noticed that the number of African American children? That are now, and here's another reason. The reason why I come, I put the emphasis on black people because of history, and I'm not going to get into the history. And I love to see when blacks are doing good, and especially getting involved in out of the box things like we've talked about earlier. But when you look at the number of African American students that are being that's attending elementary, middle school, and high school, where the tuition is over forty thousand dollars a year, those numbers are increasing every year. That means that their parents are able to afford to give them something better, hopefully so that they can be better than them. That's what we're supposed to do. We don't want our children to be failures. We don't want them to be on the government dole. We want them to be able to have all the rights and privileges of being a United States citizen. Yes, we know there's a bunch of crap that goes on as far as police and that is concerned. But I didn't say anything about is police. Is that going to stop People from moving forward. We got to move forward. Look how made how she can talked about the athletes that she talked about. Can and I, I appreciate that what finish. she's doing. Yes, go ahead. You might appreciate it, but uh, we don't talk about the government though, because we see these people trying to become president. And then... I got both of y'all on here together. Neither one of y'all know how to listen too well, but I can get you to listen. All right. <laughs> All right, now we have. Uh, Oh, yes, I got 20 after my time. So what we're about to do is go ahead and start your last words because I know some of y'all going to go on and go on and go on, so I'm going to give you enough time today. All right? So since Mays wanted to say something, plus she was the last one, we're going to give her, let her be the first out. First out. So, Mays, your last words, ma'am. Go for it. I, I guess we get confused when we talk about the government, though, because you got one woman that's been, she done been uh, Secretary of State, she done been the President's wife, and she's been trying to be President. That's government, though. I don't look at things like uh, people that need on the government, though. I see the people that agree to being on the government, though, when they need to just sit down and give somebody else a chance to do what they're doing. 
sit down. Like them congressmen, they they get more government than anybody that they think out there just because they need a helping hand. Some people need a hand up, and one time that once they get it, they can do and uh, turn around and help somebody else, and the dole will go away. That's the way I see it. So have a good day. All right. Thank you, Maze. You have a good day as well. <laughs> All right. Ooh, next up is N2K. Uh, great show, Mr. Talk. I enjoyed it. And go next. Get at me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if for those words as well. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. Next up, Sister Goni. I didn't hear what he said. What did N2K say? He said, get at him. Get at him. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. We, we just have a different perspective. And, and I think Pianchi is a very intelligent person, very uh, skilled. I can tell that. I mean, you know, um, and I'm sure that he's done a number of wonderful things for people in his community. And, you know, I'm so, I don't mean any disrespect. I think we're just speaking on two different perspectives. That's all. And uh, so, you know, yeah, it was an interesting conversation. I'm sorry I got frustrated. Uh, but, uh, you know, I tend to do that from time to time. But anyway, um, I just think that there is such a thing as social engineering, and I think it affects all of our lives. And, you know, I mean, everybody's not plugged into that kind of perspective, and I understand that. And hopefully, you know, humanity, I think we've we've been here before, and hopefully we'll rise to the occasion. But there's some uh, some influential beings that are planning our future and um, affecting our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren in, you know, in detrimental ways. And, and so that's my concern. I, you know, I'm grateful for, for my life. And like you said, when you started your show, you know, you were looking for something happy and upbeat. And, and you know, I, I try to find a balance also, but I also try to deal with reality. And I don't understand when people describe reality as negative. Is, is. It just is what it is. And so if we're going to make it through uh, these people who have irrigated to themselves uh, the right to control nations and to control the whole world and have an agenda to have a one-world government and a one-world religion and a one-world currency, uh, if we're going to have freedom, then we're going to have to wake up and face face what is. I don't see how you can change anything if you don't face you know, if you don't look at it square in the face. I, I don't know what else to say, but thank you for having me. and. And everybody have a great day. All right. Thank you, Sister Ngoni. You have a great day as well. All right. Last but not least, P. Yankee. Well, Eric, program, I appreciate what Mays contributed and your other two guests. And this thing about we put a lot of emphasis on slavery. I try to stay away from that because that can be a long, drawn-out conversation. But on an upbeat, tomorrow is Election Day in Ferguson, Ferguson, Missouri. And running for city council, a number of young African Americans. And I'm very happy to see that they're well-groomed and hopefully that they're successful where they can control that government and make it work the way it should work, in a fair way, in a, in a amicable way, where the things of the past will not be carried into the future. 
So let's hope that they're successful in their pursuits. And if they are, let's support them. And by all means, we want to make sure we keep them accountable, too. Thank you, Eric. All right. Thank you, Pianki. And thank you, everybody, who joined in the conversation today. Even the, I mean, those that left, uh, thank you for dropping by. Sister uh, Ngoni, Pianki, uh, N2K, uh, Mays, and everybody else, thank you very much. It's been a very, very interesting conversation, to say the least, and fun, actually. I actually enjoyed it. I had a little bit of fun today. Um, you know, Pianki said he tried to stay away from slavery because that's, but you know, if you look at history and turn around and take the same things that happened then and and kind of um, mirror it to what's going on today, it's the, it's the same things just done differently. <laughs> Basically, let's be honest. You know, I just realize, I don't know it is here. We have to deal with it. So why not deal with it truthfully and openly? That's the only way you can deal with it. Um, a lot, a lot of people, you know, walk around in in worlds of grandeur, or you know, or they buy into the so-called American dream, what have you. That's fine if that's what you want to do. But there's more to it. There's a whole lot more to it, and. Until we, we as humans, wake up and realize it, you know, we we just gonna have to keep, as I said earlier, keep grinding, keep grinding to, at least some of us will be there to that point to where we realize what's really going on. And of course, that that's that's based on your own personal reality as well. All right, so that's gonna do it for me, man. We are gonna get up out of here. Uh, we'll be back Friday. Yeah, Friday. We'll be back Friday, and uh, we'll do this again. Do it again. I enjoy it, so I'll be here. All right, so until 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you're forgiving yourself first. And the biggest and best thing, learn to laugh at yourself, because you can laugh at yourself, man. Everything else is gravy. All right, so once again, thank you all for stopping by. And um, everybody have a wonderful evening. I think we're going to take you all out of here someday today with some black men united. Uh, you will know. And uh, we'll see you all again Friday. Y'all have a good one now. This is Mr. Talk saying, see ya.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.